Welcome, everybody, to the Contact Trio podcast, live from the 2016 AGC IT Forum in Chicago. The podcast is powered by JV Knowledge, makers of smart bid, smart insight, smart compliance, and smart reality. Voted the best construction podcast for 2016 by ConstructionJunkie.com readers. I'm your host, James Benham. I'm joined by the construction app guru, Rob McKinney, and the resident BIM expert, Josh Bone. The Contact Trio podcast is dedicated to reviewing apps, new hardware, and enterprise software for the construction industry that can improve workflows and transform companies. Today is August 5th, 2016, and this week's show topic, live Q&A session with the Contact Trio at the AGC IT Forum. Back in a second. Well, hey, fellas, uh, happy Friday. Good to see you guys. Feels different, guys. Does that, it's like there's people watching uh, yeah, us this time. Yeah, it just has, has a different Not feel quite sure what it's, what it's like. Rob, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, sir. I can tell you one thing. I think there's a few people in the audience that didn't listen to the Con Amp Guru's advice yesterday. <laughs> Anybody here stay out a little bit late? I think there they could did. be a couple late people. I'm seeing some. I'm seeing some sleepy looks. I I'm think seeing so. some big sleepy looks. And you've got the HoloLens on. I'm ready to it's, see when you just look away from the screen and everything. You're reading your show notes. Exactly. The exactly. I do have that's, the show notes up on the screen. I had to. I had to put them up above everybody's head. Oh, so that's it, cool. It does look a little awkward. It does look a little awkward. So uh, we're going to actually jump right in. Uh, the poll question for last week's episode, uh, we actually had quite a few participants on this one. Do any of your day-to-day online tools or applications integrate with each other? 88% said yes. So super glad to hear that. That's uh, actually a significant improvement. We've launched a new poll on the JB Knowledge Twitter page. That's twitter.com slash JB Knowledge. The question is, does your company, we thought it would be appropriate for this week, does your company have an internal technology champion? Uh, head on over and simply answer yes or no. Uh, if there's some no's from this group, that might be trouble. A little scary. Might be trouble if the if try the, to get them to the, sway the numbers. The IT champions say there's no IT champion <laughs> at their construction company. So again, it's Twitter.com/slash/JBKnowledge. So we're actually going to jump right in and talk about our favorite news stories of the year so far. If you again, if you haven't listened to the show, it's at JBKnowledge.com/slash/contacttrio. Uh, we've had about 27 episodes, I think, now, right? This would be number 28. This sir. would be number 28. So 28. we're actually going to cover a few things uh, that our favorite news stories of the year. We thought were really Good. We never get a chance to show live video, and so we have a bunch of videos here. Um, first, I mean, what an industry we work in, right? Uh, this is actually one of our news articles we covered early in the year. This was from Construction Junkie. Uh, these were three Chinese contractors resolving a contract dispute, uh, a little bit of an alternative way of handling contract disputes, if you ask me. Uh, I, I, I thought this was ev- easily uh, the, the top video. Uh, the second best video this year was definitely the uh, the forklift moving the car out of the way because it parked in front of the construction job site and then folding it on top of another car and then moving those on top of a third car. That was uh, video number two, but this was definitely video number one, Chinese conflict resolution. Do you think that actually did settle it? Oh, we won. We knocked over <laughs> no. every... I, I think this was the beginning of a long blood feud, <laughs> okay, right? Okay. Because okay. you have the third guy come in. Yeah, so I saw here's, that. You know, party A, party B, and I, I think the... The, 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 the second lowest contractor actually came in to try and resolve the dispute between the first two. And then there's one that comes in to try to pick up on the contract on the back end. There's a fourth that cleans ex- ex- it all up. Exactly. So that was, that was easily one of the best videos of the year. Um, virtual reality. You guys all know how excited I am about virtual reality. You know how much I enjoy augmented reality and, and the such. Um, and, and this was a big year for VR, uh, undoubtedly. Uh, Oculus finally, after a frankly, uh, too long of a waiting period, finally came out with the the production rift. 
but you know the big the big big surprise 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 for for me was how much better the HTC Vive was than Oculus. I mean, definitively better. And and it was really exciting because Oculus finally had to let go of their iron grip on their on their content distribution. They actually wouldn't let enterprise apps distribute through the Gear VR store, and they actually lifted their digital rights restrictions, which really helps construction companies uh, get their apps out. And so we were really excited to see Oculus open up. Um, but I, the stuff I saw this year, and we covered this a few weeks on the show, hybrid immersive reality. Uh, this is one of the coolest examples of safety training and construction using, and this was done in the UK. I actually met the professor that did this at the ISART conference in Auburn, Alabama. Where's my war eagle? Where are you, Kevin? Come on, man. Own up. So Auburn, uh, augmented reality, what, what they actually did in this case is they put an Intel RealSense camera on the VR headset, and they, they actually bring his hands and anything in front of him, they 3D scan it into the VR environment. So it's not a virtual representation of hands. It's his actual arms. And you'll see him in a second. He takes his hard hat off, and he actually can see his hard hat inside VR. So they're calling this hybrid reality. Really, you can see right there, there goes his hard hat. Wow. And it's still, isn't that awesome? That's awesome. Yeah, so we've got some really good stuff. I mean, I think that that deserves... Little little thunderstrike there. I think that one was really awesome, and and so I, I really like uh, the way they've done this uh, really nice version of hybrid reality. I also liked uh, we we did a couple of really fun things this year with smart reality. Now we unveiled this product about three years ago at this conference. Um, we, we're now doing life size scale. This is our pump skid example. We did a Federal Reserve project in Atlanta. We've we've done about three hundred projects through this bad boy now, and we've got some really fun stuff released this year, including. Uh, we've got some upcoming Project Tango support for 3D scanning. So you can actually 3D scan and then visualize it in augmented reality. And so this is a good example of a life-size pump skid that we did. Everyone loved the shirts yesterday, by oh, the yeah, way. Oh, yeah, they like yeah. the live shirts? Everybody, we haven't seen, everybody we have, wants a shirt. Yeah, we have live augmented reality shirts that That's are really right. quite we a wore the fun. Iron Man shirts yesterday. This is another exciting technology straight out of Aggieland. That's right, folks. Bryan College Station, Texas, the heart of construction technology. Um, these guys, this is actually a company called Paracept. And uh, BIM VP is their product. Uh, I think almost no one's seen this because literally this is the first time these videos have been shown in public. Um, and, and so really neat. allows you to navigate through the floor plans. And then when you arrive at the room that you're in, uh, it, you zoom in on the room. And then you take a photo with the app. Uh, it very quickly, within about four seconds, you align the model to the photo. And you can do instant quality control. So this is actually QCQA. With, with augmented reality, and then you store, uh, so you annotate the image, you can put a grid, there's scale and measurements, and then you can instantly send that photo, so you can, you can really see pretty precise alignment on quality control. Awesome, awesome piece of technology that uh, I, uh, you know, am, am thrilled to say was developed in, in the heart of Aggieland, so that's really... Uh, and you can push back to Navisworks. Exactly. So it goes out of Navis, so everyone's yes. models come into yeah. it. And so it goes back. into Navis and then, and then back, back to Navis. And so, so the, the views you capture actually do pump back into Navis. And so you've got QCQA on every single room, and it's, it's called BIMVP Augmented Reality. Uh, the other technology I loved, and this is actually kind of low-tech, but we actually <laughs> discovered this. We had no idea this happened, guys. We were at our live show at the SmartBed User Conference in Austin a few weeks ago, and uh, one of our friends, Brian Burt from Plans for Less, came up, and he said, look, guys, I know this augmented reality thing is really cool, but I've got paper AR, and I understand Rob talked about this yesterday. These are the pictures. 
Um, the, this is, he prints one-to-one life-size wallpaper with the plans, and then he brings the clients through. And you wouldn't believe how effective this is with the customer. They actually annotate and mark up the plans on the wall, and then they scan it back into digital, and they overlay it on the plan files. I mean, really cool use of I, AR. I just checked. Revit actually does output one-to-one. Yeah, so yeah awesome. Yeah, Revit does do a one-to-one output. Awesome. Um, so... Microsoft HoloLens, you guys see, I've actually got one for our, our live listeners online. Uh, I do have one on right now. Uh, this has been the year that it finally came out. Now, look, these are about 3K a piece. We've got two of them. Uh, I really, really got to say, and I said this on the show the other day, uh, this device is easily 10 times better than I imagined it would be. Um, easily 10 times better. Um, I use it on a regular basis, even watch Netflix on it. Uh, you can do whatever you want. This is full Windows 10. I, I jokingly say it's Windows 10 on your face. But this beats the pants off of any other device that I've used, and I'm really excited. Now, now there's a couple of really interesting examples that have come up here. Um, This is a recent video that Microsoft released covering an architect's use of HoloLens uh, to design some additions and really design and lay out a campus. And so I thought this was a really impressive uh, version of this, that a really good use of HoloLens and augmented reality. So you'll see here in just a second. And it really does, folks, it really does feel like this. it allows you to grab these devices, put them down on the model. And then the beautiful thing about HoloLens and what makes it so amazing is the tracking. It's all about tracking. And if you didn't know this, in HoloLens, he can place those objects on the model. And then the next day, he can walk back in the room. And the holograms are still in the exact same place he left them. Because HoloLens uses a Bluetooth and Wi-Fi positioning system that helps it determine where you are, what room you're in. And then when you're there, it uses the 3D scan of the room to realign the holograms back to the room when you come back. And actually, I just did a hand gesture that did a menu in front of my face on HoloLens. That was distracting. And so you can see what it actually does. Really, really cool use of this. Um, I'd also say this is Cat. If you guys haven't seen this, Caterpillar is now trying to demo. I mean, you recognize how expensive it is to haul one of these pieces of heavy equipment into a show, right? Absolutely. And so this is their example. Now, they actually have an augmented reality app on a Windows Surface Pro 4. And so they're showing the AR on a Surface Pro 4, but then they have this particular viewer walk in and look at uh, the plans. So she can see it in HoloLens. And that's what she sees. She sees the piece of construction equipment. But the beautiful thing that happens, and this is, again, the, the magic of HoloLens, because it's scanning the floors and the walls, it knows the table, it knows where everything is. When she picks it up off the paper, she's going to throw it onto the floor, and it's going to scale up to full size. So she can do a full equipment review of this construction equipment. You can see right here, and you'll see it actually touch the floor because it does 3D scan the room. And now she's got a full-size Caterpillar equipment that she can review. So it's essentially a virtual dealership. And that's what Cat's trying to do, is they're trying to promote their virtual dealership concept and the ability to review construction equipment placed on the job site. You can even bring a HoloLens on the job site. I thought the jingle was cool last night with the HoloLens that we were oh, all yeah. playing. Yeah. I have to say, that's... that's uh, yeah, so if you guys have a chance at our booth, we'll have HoloLens. You can play uh, HoloLens Jenga. And it is pretty compelling, but it's not as cool as this. Really fun. Um, then we've also got uh, Magic Leap. Now, look, we've talked about Magic Leap before. This is the most recent video. We covered this a couple weeks ago in the show. Uh, I think that, you know, Magic Leap holds an incredible amount of promise. Uh, as we mentioned in the show, we, uh, I've actually met with Magic Leap, and we've had some good discussions. They won't show anybody the hardware. Um, my general rule of thumb uh, is uh, uh, my seventh-grade science teacher, Benjamin, I don't know if I ever told you this, uh, he, he, he used to say, uh, boy, I'm from Missouri. Show me. 
because Missouri's a show me state. And so, you know, what I told them is, this is all great. Your promises are great, and your YouTube videos are amazing, but show me. And they still haven't shown me yet. The patent filings were interesting. That's, that's why I'm going to use that word, interesting. But if it's anything like this, uh, it is going to uh, be a highly compelling experience. And what the folks at Magic Leap told us, this is something you can legitimately wear on a job site all day long, eight hours, and not get eye fatigue. So really neat uh, tech coming in that area. Uh, Paracosm, uh, we, we did a pretty big report. Uh, you were heavily involved in that, Josh, on 3D scanning. That's right. It was a lot of good that came out of that. Learned yeah. a lot. We did about a 68-page report from Mechanical Contractors Association of America. If you have a friend who's an MCAA member, you can get that report. Uh, and we actually put our hands on all the major 3D scanning systems out there, uh, Leica, Faro, Tremble. We, we really dug in deep on these in 3D scan. But I tell you what, this, this, uh, this uh, startup out of Gainesville, Florida, Paracosm, really captured our attention. Uh, they have a bolt-on array, really the same IMU bolt-on array, um, that pretty much everybody else has, but it's the software as usual. And, and by the way, in case you didn't know, it's all about the software all the time. It's always about the software. Uh, these guys at Paracosm put together an incredible 3D scanning system that's really quite accurate. Five millimeters. Five millimeter accuracy, guys, uh, on a tablet that you don't have to mount on a tripod. So Bring really it back don't. into your BIM and actually overlay it. Yeah, exactly. So really, really cool stuff. Um, Moving on from Paracosm, Project Tango. Uh, just a quick survey in the room. How many people here in the room actually have a Project Tango? Let's see if anybody has one. Anybody at one, all? Two, one, two, one, three, two, three. Okay, so three of you have one of these. I think that's Zach over there. Zach it's actually you two. Gotta, you gotta two take of those guys Zach. are together. Yeah, two of those guys. Are, oh, that's not. You cheated. <laughs> You're Dwayne and Benjamin are together. Cheat. So, do you like your Tango? Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's an affirmative. Um, so this is the latest video showing live construction takeoff using Tango. Of course, Tango can scan to scale, guys. So uh, this is pretty neat. They're doing a, 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 a live takeoff here, and then they're actually doing some volumetric analysis. So they're drawing a box out from the wall. Now, the neat thing about Tango, just like HoloLens, is when you go back to this space, it actually remembers where it was, and it'll assume and show you the previous takeoffs that were done. So this is a really neat example done by Google uh, and you, you want to talk about your estimators being able to do live takeoffs, volumetric analysis, surface area, uh, circumference count, all the things that an estimator does in a takeoff. Uh, they're doing live takeoffs now. Really, really neat solution. Uh, major drone improvements this year, right? Big time. So um, I, I really think that uh, we've, we've got to, I mean, part 107, the new FAA regulations were a big deal, Josh. Absolutely. I mean, Rob, don't you think they were pretty awesome? Like in where it's heading. Yeah, like in where it's heading. I mean, they, what the beautiful thing the FAA did is they didn't overregulate the drone space. And you don't have to be a, a licensed pilot to fly a drone, which is really good news for construction companies. We're, we're particularly excited about that. Um, obviously, my big highlight of the year, the Phantom 4. Uh, now, I was on an early release list for this. They direct drop shipped mine from China, so I didn't exactly know what the heck this thing was. It was just a, an obscure, unmarked cardboard box with Chinese writing all over it, which... Uh, I was got, it ticking when it showed up? <laughs> I know, right? Like, like, what exactly is coming from China? You're on some I, watch list it now. It was literally so. the best surprise I've ever gotten. Uh, it, it, this thing... Um, now, look, right here you can see they're actually doing object tracking. The two big things on the Phantom 4 that I am in love with Object tracking, you can see right now they're, they're selecting a person. Now, look, if Billy Bob is a troublesome worker on the job site, now you can launch the drone, tell it to follow him, and it'll video him all day long. So this is really, really, I'm serious. We actually tested this. We, we launched it. We followed a worker, and for 22 minutes, 
it followed every single move they made until they went inside, and then it just waited by the door. <laughs> it was awesome. This thing was great. It's like, hello, I'm still here waiting for you. And so the Phantom 4 um, also has collision avoidance. So it's got a ground station. You can plan a flight path. But most importantly for construction, it's finally dealing with this, this collision. So uh, if it senses anything about 20 feet away it could potentially run into, it will automatically alter its flight path and reroute around the flight, uh, reroute around the object. So if there's a crane, even a moving object, it will fly around. So this is huge for construction. It's a much uh, needed safety improvement in construction. Uh, really big deal. Uh, also, uh, DJI released for free, which uh, was really cool. It's a limited time free. Um, the Skycatch Commander for DJI. Really neat app. If you haven't tried it, uh, installs on your iPad. You plug in your iPad or your iPhone to your Phantom 4 or 3, and then it, it can actually control the Phantom and then take all the photos and video you want. The Commander app was really, really cool. But on top of that, we had a whole slew of new technology we saw come out this year that I was really fired up about. Uh, first, drone deploy. Really, really neat uh, for, again, uh, it's a ground station, so it'll plan your flight, but it also does 2D and 3D. It does volumetrics. It does a lot of really cool stuff. And then um, another one, Maps Made Easy. If you haven't checked this out, Maps Made Easy, again, does 2D and 3D data capture, and it's very affordable. It's per project, so you can actually bill it back on the project. Really nice way of taking 2D and 3D maps uh, with, the, uh, with the software and your own drone. So really excited about that. Now, also, for the privacy freaks out there, you'll be happy to know, Battelle, the anti-drone rifle. Uh, this bad boy will actually uh, take out drones up to 400 meters away with an electronic signal that it actually takes over control of the drone and drops it to the ground. I need a little kick out of it just to know that I'm actually doing something with it, though. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it doesn't go boom, it's not as fun, James. It's not. No, it really is not as fun as blowing up a drone. No. Right? Yeah, still pretty no. cool. Yeah, so we, we highly recommend having a shotgun, but uh, the Battelle <laughs> the Battelle will lower the drone so you can go and crack it open, take the memory card out, and then you can actually uh, ah. analyze all this. So that's the whole point is yeah. you want to see what footage they captured, and most importantly, if they were really dumb, uh, they started recording when they took off, and they got an image of themselves launching the drone, which would <laughs> which would always be preferable because then you could find out uh, who did it, right? So people are flying over your job site on unauthorized flights. Uh, with a drone, uh, guess what? You can take them out now. So really cool stuff. Um, also, uh, I'm going to recommend, by the way, the Phantom 4, $1,400. You can order it right now. It'll be at your, uh, at your office in two days when you get back. Printing, 3D printing, and then we'll move on. Uh, big year for 3D printing as well. Went to started out this year at Consumer Electronics Show in January, and I went over and uh, had a great time at CES looking at 3D printers. Uh, pretty neat stuff that uh, you can see here. We've got a stereolithography printer. We've got a, a metal printer. We've got plastic printers. Um, and again, we, we still see some cool stuff, but man, the Allo, the Allo, <laughs> what a fascinating deal. If you need to prototype small objects on the job site, it doesn't get much better than this. You can actually design on your computer. Uh, you can download it to your phone and it uses your phone's screen as the 3D printer. Now this is a, a light processing technology that was originally pioneered by Texas Instruments with their DLP technology. So you put the box on your phone, and it uses the light from the screen of the phone to actually draw a stereolithography image out of the screen of your phone using a puddle of goo. Come on. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that didn't excite you. You, you, have a, you have a problem. All right. So really, really awesome tech with 3D printing. 
Uh, but we're seeing some other cool stuff. This is another stereolithography printer that prints using carbon. We've seen, I actually got to ride a 3D printed bike. I got to eat a 3D printed cookie. Had some really cool experiences at CES this year. Um, and I'm really excited about what's going on in 3D printing. Now, we, we showed this video last year, this contour crafting video, where they're actually 3D printing. This is an updated video that shows the manufacturing of 3D printed concrete homes. Uh, but we covered this, and I'm really excited about it because it really does a neat job of showing exactly how the concrete 3D printer works. Uh, our friends at Built Worlds, I think, I think they're here, they actually did a 3D concrete printing competition at Northwestern University, and I'm really excited to check that out. We're actually going to go check that out a little bit later and see what they came up with. They did small-scale 3D printers, but uh, big thanks to Built Worlds for, uh, for doing that. So neat stuff on that, but, but check this out, Dubai launched the world's full, first fully functional 3D printed office. Now, this is the essence of off-site prefabrication. They spent 17 days in prefab 3D printing all the parts, and they assembled the office building in two days on site. Josh? Crazy. Game changer, right? There was some BIM in there, I'm sure. Uh, there had to be. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of BIM. Got to have BIM. I mean, you can't, uh, can't do a paper sketch for this. You don't think that was paper reality? No, I don't think that was paper reality. Okay. This, was, this was true virtual reality. All right, so really cool stuff coming out of Dubai. And then, of course, MX3D, still printing. Uh, I thought that was cool. I just thought I'd remind everybody that there's a bridge being built, uh, printed in Amsterdam right now using a metal 3D printer. Really cool stuff. Uh, also, really excited. I got to meet these guys at the Eye Sark uh, two weeks ago. Sam, the bricklaying robot. They actually gave it a, a name, which is kind of cool. This is actively being used on three job sites right now to build walls. The, the, the word from the guys at Sam is this can do the work of about five people. And so you, you've got kind of a five-to-one ratio on, uh, on 3D printing, uh, on, on printing uh, objects. So really neat. It requires one tender and one bricklayer just to oversee the operation. So it can really quintuple the output uh, of a person. Uh, pretty neat. And they're leasing these. So the model is that you lease them, it comes in, builds the wall, and then it leaves. So you don't have to incur the CapEx. And, and the CapEx on this would be pretty big. These are pretty expensive. But pretty cool video showing how it works. But then I came across FastBrick and really kind of blew my mind away. Um, really neat stuff. FastBrick has a, a, a 3D printing brick system that actually drives up to the job site. And so this is uh, fully mobile, which I thought was pretty awesome. And it drives up, and it's the first 3D robotic system. And you can see right here a, a high-speed version of this. Uh, the truck drives up. It's got a giant arm that swings out, and then it actually lays the bricks. And it doesn't use mortar. It uses an adhesive, so it actually uses glue to glue these guys together. Really neat to see how this works. And you can see right here, uh, that's fast brick. And you can see the truck in the background and the loader. Uh, this is fully autonomous, and it actually works being used. So uh, certainly a lot of changes coming in the masonry business and uh, bricklayers and everything else. This is really going to change the way we build walls and, and uh, a lot of other things. So pretty neat. Uh, it actually does work. This is not uh, sci-fi. Also this year, Hyundai and the Iron Man. This was a really fun one to cover. Got a lot of good listener feedback on this. I'm super excited about this, mainly because I think the robot, robot fights on the job site are going to be epic. <laughs> uh, I think the Chinese will lead the way on a robot fighting league on construction job sites. Uh, but this is going to be awesome. Allows a construction worker to lift over a ton just by themselves. And they can even sit down standing up and uh, do their work. Uh, got, in case you guys didn't know, United Rental actually has a robotic arm you can rent today. Uh, that will uh, you can hang all of your tools on. So it's a it is it is a very similar exoskeleton type tool that United Rental actually rents for managing your tools. Really cool stuff. 
Uh, GM and NASA also unveiled their RoboGlove project, which, of course, I love the name, RoboGlove. Uh, really cool stuff. Allows their workers to have augmented strength, uh, less worker fatigue. I mean, Josh, you got to think this is going to be pretty good, right? I'm, I'm all about the HoloLens, but yeah. Uh, yeah. pair that with the HoloLens, good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> and uh, Google Project Jacquard, which actually weaves uh, electronics into fiber. So what you're looking at is the ability to create safety vests that are giant touch displays. Really cool stuff. Uh, this is a real thing and allow you to actually turn any piece of fabric into a trackpad for your computer, which we think is going to have huge implications on the job site. Uh, and so with that, I'm going to actually turn it over to Josh. Josh, you got some fun stuff that happened on BIM. I do, I do. So uh, always good to follow you up, James, with your fun yeah. tech talks <laughs> and everything and jump into BIM. But for me this year, without a doubt, the number one thing is the level two mandates implemented in the UK. This is huge. I talked to all of you about, are you doing BIM? And, well, you know what? I don't do BIM because my owner doesn't care. Well, the UK is a very progressive owner, and they rolled out in April the groundwork to say exactly how we're going to define this, what, when, where, and how, and all this should be shared. It's full collaborative BIM across the board. So they're really going in and looking at that next step of where are we going to be. Uh, you see here, as I talk about the uh, progressive manner of this owner, what are we talking about, guys? They're looking at the whole sector of adoption BIM that will put us at the vanguard of new digital construction era positioning in the UK to be the, become the world leaders in BIM. Yeah. We talked it's a about big deal. It is. And, and we, we have to keep going back to this. Uh, let's forget the word BIM. Let's talk about virtual construction. Yep. Let's talk about building ahead of time and, and going through this process together so that we're going to minimize our risk. So what's happening in the U.S.? How, how are we following this up? A lot of you that do higher education work, you've seen these requirements and BIM deliverables. We talked about Georgia Tech the other day. They've moved from requiring an RVT now to where they're really looking for a true deliverable on the back end. Yep. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it's, it's not huge. just... And we keep, we keep telling people, don't wait for the tidal wave of mandates to come to get on board with, with, with true BIM. I mean, get, get ahead of this. You can make more money by using it. The reason they're mandating it, and I'm seeing some nods, and I appreciate those. The reason they're mandating it is because it's better for the owner. It's also better for the contractor on every project, and that's Absolutely. the real challenge. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We have to understand, and we're still educating the group. And for those of you that aren't doing BIM today, it's because I, I'm going to make it a little hard on you, and it, it may hit hard that you don't know how to sell BIM because you don't know the advantages of BIM. And, and that is, it's very true. It, it's a gunshot. It yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, we're, we're trying to help you understand that we're going through this. The owner doesn't want to pay the extra money for BIM. I hear that all the time. They don't want to pay the extra money for BIM. They don't have the time on this project. I need to get the work done. I know how to do construction. But with BIM, we invest in this up front. The U.K. sees it. And now what's happening in the U.S.? National yep. Institute of Building Sciences, they're yep. putting the guidelines out there for every owner. Here's opportunity for every owner. If you're not being educated by your general contractors, by your contractors, by your teams that are doing construction for you, we're going to put some guidelines out and let you see why this matters. Yep. So for those of you that aren't doing BIM today, get ahead of it. Don't be, be reactive. Be proactive and find out what's in it for you and come up with those workflows before you have to start getting into this level of where you have a Kobe deliverable. And how many of you in the room right now know what Kobe is? About 10. 
No, well, okay, 15. I'll 15, 15, 15 out of 300. So, yeah. yeah, the Construction Operations Building Information Exchange is what the owners are asking for now. It is a spreadsheet base, but it's a temporary bridge into their facilities management tools. So they're know, they know now what to ask for, and you're going to see this at all levels of all projects. When you come to the booth and, and we have that conversation, I don't do BIM because why? Well, X, all the different reasons, because I do hospitality, I do mixed use, I do K through 12. I hear all those things all the time. Our owners don't care. Well, it's because they don't know right now, and what do they not know? That it can save them money. It just takes the time up front. So we are, you know, this is big. We, we've all got to pay attention to this. These owner-driven mandates, my number one top, my one, number one news session for the year. Two, guys, we love this. Generative design. Generative design. Yes. What is it? It is <laughs> design. design buildings. Yeah, it mimics the design of nature. Yeah. And it has an end goal in mind, and then it works its way backwards and explores all the possible options, every single possible option that can go into this. And you've got uh, Project Akaba right now from Autodesk. that it, It's out there and rolling out. You're starting to see a, hear a lot about Rhino, and tying into Rhino on the back end of this, there's all this output with Grasshopper, with Dynamo. We talked about Flux, guys. We met with their CEO earlier yep. this year. Nick Chem, yeah. yeah and awesome what's stuff. the big thing, though, guys? Generative design and MEP. Yeah, we actually watched Nick program a building. Yeah. He literally treated the design of a building like a software program. And it was incredible to watch him use Rhino, Rhino Grasshopper, and Flux. And, and, and he actually uh, piped it through an Excel spreadsheet to modify the, the parameters of the building. Incredible stuff, though. I mean, Absolutely. It, he plugged uh, programs in and parameters, and it automatically generated the design and ran it through the engineering process, too. It was, it was incredible. But building SP? Building SP. Holy crap. Guys, it does generative design. Mechanical, electrical, and plumbing systems. Yeah, awesome. It's crazy. They go in and take a laser scan of a space, and you put an endpoint. Where is it going to? Where does it start? And it runs algorithms and goes in and calculates the most efficient way to get to that point. And then auto designs all yeah, your piping. I mean, it's doing it's doing clash detection <laughs> yeah. with with it's point so, clouds with point clouds. It's pre clash detected. It is. Yeah, because it, it actually 3D scans and then it automatically routes all the piping and, and then it shows you and then it puts right. it into your model. And we're talking about minimizing waste. We're talking wow. about efficiency. Then we can come back in there with a hollow lens and lay it over the top yep. of each other and know where it goes. Cutting exactly. out enormous amounts of design time too. Crazy. Yeah. So right now it's happening with the electrical side of this. So it's more focus on the electrical end. But we're going to see this roll into mechanical, plumbing, and, and so much more. And number three. Guys, this is, we talked about yeah. this with Stacy Scapano at Autodesk, the democratization of BIM, getting BIM in the hands of more people, getting the models and viewing these models. These common data environments are, are a huge part of the BIM Level 2 mandate. And if you've not searched the word and you're doing BIM today, look at common data environments and what it really means for us. So Autodesk has their BIM 360 family, but their environment is the BIM 360 docs that overlays all their technology, and it works with multiple file types. And we're not just talking about DWG, RVT, we're talking about IFC, we're talking about all these different file formats. Trimble has their Connect solution. Bentley has their Connect edition that does uh, the project-wise, it does Navigator, and it does MicroStation. So you're out there now, and we're all going to the cloud, we're all sharing information, we all have the ability to view these models, 
and we're getting more of these tools on the back end, if you've not checked out Revisto, if you've not looked at Fuser, if you've not looked at RSVR, uh, these tools are, are putting simple solutions in our hand. DeWalt's created their own yep. plugin for Revit that does automation and, and cal- structural calculations of your hanger placement. Yeah, awesome. doing spool sheets and drawings. And then you've got the true democratization of BIM, James. We talk about it a lot with Revisto, BIM Track, and some of these other tools that now everyone can access the model in the cloud and make comments and populate yep. data and They're- run clash detection in a much smoother format than our traditional clash detection meeting. So it's getting more efficient to yeah. do BIM. Yeah, Revista, that was a great interview, too. If you guys have a chance, go back and listen to Armand Gukasian. Uh, finally got his name right. There you go, way. there you go. It took, it took two shows <laughs> to get it. It so. took me two shows to get his name right, but uh, incredible stuff at Revisto. He actually just launched yesterday his HTC Vive That's support right. for, That's right. for this. That's right. I was tweeting inc- that out. Incredible stuff. And then the Greenlee Bender guys go straight out of Revit, and goes right into this yep. bending tool, and it will bend all your conduit for you. So it's automating <laughs> that process. Everybody's wondering, what's in it for me with BIM? Automated this bending. Is a good option. Bend it like Beckham. That's there right. That's yep. right. And then the red point positioning, that yes. tie in with Forge, so you're able to track people in the model and go through that process. Yes. Three-dimensional tracking. Absolutely. So what floor they're on and where they're at on the floor. We actually, all three of us, got to actually check out a red point uh, deal. And we it was, did. It we was did. really, really amazing stuff. One more thing, though. Autodesk Live just came out last week. And you have the ability to just click one button, <laughs> click export right out of Revit, and it takes the whole model and creates a fully rendered model. I, I, if anybody in here has been in the restroom, I think that the owner would have probably wanted to experience that <laughs> firsthand and say, yeah, maybe that's not the restroom we want to design here. So if anyone else is with me in this group, yeah, uh, I, I really would have liked as an owner to say, uh, they Autodesk Live, uh, they, I walked in the restroom and I want to change that yeah, around. Yeah, I want to change so, that uh, around. A little slight <laughs> design flaw. In yeah, there. there's some design awesome. flaws in there. Awesome. Rob. Morning, everybody. One quick reminder. Uh, if you're on Twitter, I'm going to put it up here. Hashtag contact tree if you have questions. i got a couple primed up, but start putting some more in there. We have the microphones for a second. So the first one I've got, I've got that Surface Pro 4 out right here, Windows 10. There's been a huge transition. The last couple of years, we constantly talk about our mobile devices, our tablets. And at this conference, I've seen a few of the Surface Pro. I've seen a few different things out there. But look at the different apps that are starting to get onto this platform. It traditionally has been iOS. It has been Android. But we hear a lot of people talking about, well, we really want to stay in the Microsoft environment. How do we do that? There's just not that many apps. Well, SmartBidNet, got it. PlanGrid, Procore just went live. iAuditor, the safety app that I was talking about, it went. And then the other one I brought up yesterday, Drawboard. So there is a significant movement we're hearing from lots of developers moving to that Windows 10 environment. Take a look at it. I think there's going to be a lot more changes there. The second one, it's on James's head. Yep. The HoloLens. There's already a couple things out there with Trimble. We've seen some uh, movement from Procore. We're actively talking about it. Yep. Definitely going to be a game-changing device. If you haven't seen it, touched one. Come by the booth later, please. It's, yep. uh, it, it's worth All the seeing. mobile apps moving to the HoloLens, guys. That's going to yep. be so cool. Keep in mind, I mean, this is, you know, we'll, we'll have SmartBit on HoloLens. We'll have all of our apps there as well. It's really not rocket science to get your apps ported over for HoloLens. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited about what uh, Microsoft has done here. They've, they've made it easy. And the really cool thing that came out last week, Microsoft announced, 
enterprise control for HoloLens. So for all you IT managers, this can be centrally managed by the IT group, all under enterprise authentication and control and group policy. Everything that you would use uh, is now applied over to HoloLens as well. So uh, IT managers feel a little better about that. I know my IT director was happy. My last one. Anybody <laughs> here uh, language challenged? <laughs> Show of hands. We're I in the circle of trust. You speak Southern. Stick yeah, them up high. You do need a translator for <laughs> Stick Southern. Stick them up I do. Southern, uh, southern and Northern. Ear translator. Anybody interested in getting a hold of one of these? Yeah. I awesome. think it'd be pretty cool on a job site. <laughs> As a former safety director, it would have made my life a lot easier to understand what was being told to me yep. or yelled at me. Yeah, this is live. This is this is live in ear translations, guys. This is uh, be the universal cool. translator from Star could Trek. Be very cool. Yeah, it's it's exciting. So Questions. I've got a couple already up on Twitter. You okay. can go ahead and start rolling yeah, through Yeah, let's, let's hit the Twitter questions, and then we can take some more from the audience. There's microphones here in the audience as well. i got to go with this one first from our buddy Jeff Sample. If you could have any technology from Star Trek, <laughs> what would it be? Uh, uh, yeah, transporter, um, easily, uh, followed closely by the replicator, right? Yeah, you? Now, uh, tra- airports. Yeah. <laughs> no more airports. <laughs> the three guys that travel. Oh, uh, gosh. No more airports. Just teleport. I'll go transporter. I'll go transporter. Okay. All right. Next one from Jeff Can. What should construction firms do with two software programs with overlapping features? Two software programs with overlapping. Well, you're going to have it. You're going to have it all over the place, right? Absolutely. You are. I mean, and we see that a lot in our roadmap engagements. We recommend things. We say, look, there's a lot of overlap between these things, and you've got to deal with it. And, and so... Uh, first, you're trying to pick best-of-breed applications, right? Well, it depends on what you're going for. Yeah. Like if you look at Destiny, and they're doing the energy analysis right now, but that's perfect in early pre-construction phases, yeah. early in design. It's real simple. It's real fast. But if you want to go in on the back end of energy analysis, you can go really deep into a lot of different programs. So it's really what's your knowledge, what's your learning curve, yeah. what, what's your time frame. But functional overlap just uh, just underlines the 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 absolute necessity of integration, which is you know why we started COSA four years ago. Construction Open Standards Alliance, and and really why we've been pushing uh, standards in the in the industry because it uh, we've we've got to, we've got to be able to integrate. If if one app has safety, and you're going to see this a lot, like with safety, you've got great apps like SafeSite that overlaps with a safety module of a of like a Procore. You know, you're going to see overlap, and there's no way that a generalist can do and go as deep as a specialist in an app. And so the critical thing is like Procore, thankfully, has an open API. Um, and, and so does SafeSite. <laughs> and so you can tie those data elements together. The, the critical thing for me is if you're going to have overlap, make sure that both uh, apps uh, show the same data and you've connected their APIs together. Uh, that's, that's really the most important thing. That way, no matter where users use the data, it, it ends up in the correct application. All right, the next one. Do you see estimators becoming BIM coordinators oh absolutely if it's a huge issue today we we go into so many companies and we see that estimating has positioned themselves out of the whole process that we do what we do we have a limitation on time bim and estimating go hand in hand together and the technology has improved so much with what autodesk is doing now with their fabrication suite that you can take your estmap and take it into your CAD MEP, you can take it into your Revit now. It's, it's, there's, the workflows are there, guys. We've got to leverage that yeah. all the way through. Otherwise, what are we doing? We're creating silos in our own organizations yeah. and, and uh, loose, loss of information. Yeah, we surveyed our customers on this. We said, you know, of you guys that have fully adopted BIM, what's been the impact on your estimators? And, and you remember the stat. 
The guys that answered and, and really measured this said that their guys went from spending 75% of their time counting and measuring to 10%, which means you have such a dramatic impact on estimating that estimators have to become part of the BIM team. We're not even calling it BIM team. We're calling it BDC. And, of course, one of our interviewees said, look, we're really calling this construction technology now. It is, and it's a barrier. It's, it's a yeah. tough change. Moving your estimating department into using a new tool where they're used to creating quick on-screen takeoffs, they yeah. have to understand the leverage on these tools so they can be moved forward into the, especially the BIM department. All right, how about the live studio audience? There's microphones out there. Yeah, we, and we've, we've also got the, the questions right here if they don't want to ask them up there. So does the in-ear translator translate all kinds of Spanish? Um, now look, yo, yo puedo hablar sobre este tema si quiere. Uh, I learned Spanish when I lived in Mexico. Then I had to go to Argentina and relearn Spanish. Of course, I had to learn Castellano. I can tell you that Google Translate does actually deal with dialectical differences between different countries. Uh, this particular inner translator does not uh, address this directly, so I can't answer that question. I can tell you that Google Translate does. Uh, así si quiere cambiar la forma de castellano a español de, de los mexicanos, está bien. I need All the right. translator now. Exactly, need the translator. So. What's the best software for converting CAD models into something a 3D printer can print? Oh, sorry. There's no easy button on that. It's, uh, it, you know, what do we do when we're drawing in CAD? We draw lines. Does a line know that it's a wall? Does a line know that it's a piece of equipment? Does a line know anything? Yeah. CAD is dumb, everyone. CAD yeah. is dumb. Yeah. BIM is object-based, and it's smart. We yeah. just can't. It's not a click of a button with CAD to 3D. But, but there it, is some new technology. They're, they're working on translating and, and pull, putting some things together. But that, that's been out there for a long time. So yeah, there, no there is. And I'll tell you this. We have a half a dozen 3D printers. Our favorite is the Dreamer by Flashforge. It's really just an incredible uh, 3D printer, easy to use, about $1,200. And uh, we have to do fix and design work on every Revit model that we send over yeah. to it. And so there's really no easy way. Every major 3D printer manufacturer has their own software that they, you can, they can design and, and really work on build quality because you have these rep, these rafts and supports you have to design. Yep. you got to do fill quality. So it can be a big challenge. Um, let's go to the next one. New form is pop. Oh, you, you take this one, Josh. New form is popular in the AD industry, but not talked about in the construction industry. Why? Well, uh, their focus and their suite has been on focusing on the design team. So that's where they got in. That's where their markets, their workflows for or centered around design is very different than construction industry. So I think they're probably working on the construction industry as well, but it's, it's just been siloed out from early on. Awesome. So next one, can Project Tango be used to perform volumetric calculations on stockpiles? I have not seen an example of this working. The, the challenge with Tango uh, on stockpile volumetrics is the scan radius. And so if you've used, and I'm seeing some nods, uh, you know the Tango just can't scan that far away. Uh, it's not doing the same thing that... Uh, Drone deploy or, or maps made easy or uh, stockpile report. Or, stockpile. Uh, yeah, we can. Yeah, we can keep yeah. going through all the stockpile uh, management. Uh, they're they're largely using photogrammetry, uh, and, and so the the Tango doesn't have the scan range to really reach a full stockpile. You might be able to do a small pile of dirt, guys, but that's that's really going to be about it with Tango for now. And I say for now because 2017. Uh, later this year, early 20, um, uh, sorry, late, late 2016, early 2017, we're supposed to see a whole new generation of IMUs and scanners come out that could change Tango and HoloLens. Um, so what's the latest on uh, OpenXML, uh, whatever it's called now, movement in the AEC se sector? Is this, are you talking about AGCXML, uh, COSA? 
Is that I'm not sure what they're what they're talking. If they're talking about uh, COSA, we've we've released about uh, I don't know four uh, new standards. We've also had a bunch of uh, the the old ones that have been published on the site. We've added new members to COSA, but uh, that would probably take a much longer uh, period of time. Um, also, uh, how do you measure reputation risk for lax cybersecurity policies? For example, how are you going to give repeat business to a client or vendor who caused a breach of your data? Oh wow, mm. that's a long answer. Um, I'd say certainly third-party audits help you measure reputation risk. Um, you know, I like using White Hat uh, Securities. If you've never used those guys, they you can point them at a URL or a system, and they can actually measure and assess uh, how good that system is at cybersecurity. So I'd say you've got to use the third-party auditor. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the. Uh, I think we've got all. I'll take the next one. No, how yeah. can I? How can IT support the design build design assist team? So the thing about IPD design assist design build requires a lot of open communication and do not create barriers for communication. You may ha- have to talk to other IT departments that the general contractor, the the mechanical, the electrical, plumbing contractors, and the design teams. Your IT has to have a way of communicating and sharing information really fast. So don't be a border to that and help facilitate communication and, and not try to go down one path. Okay, guys, that's, uh, that's actually all the time we have for today. So I want to thank you for joining us today for episode 28 live Q&A from the 2016 AGC IT Forum on the Contact Trio podcast. Please join us next week for episode 29 featuring Chris Weaver from Andy Egan Company to talk about tech for mechanicals. To learn more about apps, workflow, and hardware, please follow us on social media at jbknowledge.com. That's at jbknowledge. At jamesbenham.com. That's at James Benham. And Benham. Rob is the ConApp Guru. That's at ConApp Guru. Josh is at Bim to the Bone. Uh, we've also got... Uh, the Twitter poll that's at twitter.com slash jbknowledge. To listen to this show, go to the show website at jbknowledge.com slash contacttrio. Stay tuned for more to come in 2016. This is the Contact Trio signing out. Thanks, folks. Uh